Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Hey, what's going on, automotive world? Welcome to another episode of the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping. I've got a special guest joining me today on the show, Tommy Oliva. Tommy is a shop owner and mobile diagnostician out of Chicago. Should be familiar with him if you're in this industry. Uh, of course, he's been on the podcast a couple times prior, but today he's going to sit down and talk with me about a uh, vision that we just recently attended, the training event in Kansas City, uh, training in general, and the importance of going to training. Um, you know, what do you get out of it and why is it? worth sacrificing time that you could be making money and some of the intangibles uh, that we can't really, you know, quantify or measure for what you get out of going to these events and meeting people and talking with people. And actually this conversation, this podcast episode is a perfect example of that, you know, getting involved with uh, different groups that I have and going to training events, you know, led me to meet people like Tommy and getting different perspectives and ideas from other people in the industry, I think is crucial to improving yourself and, saving this industry. And we, we are also going to talk about that. You know, Tommy has got a really good perspective on, you know, where the industry is. It's very realistic and what it's going to take for things to change. And one of the things that we discuss and that heck I'm guilty of doing is not charging enough for what we do and valuing the work that we do in order to charge enough. And whether that be, you know, a shop owner or in my case, a mobile technician, we really need to look at that and consider what we're doing and what it's worth because otherwise we're just in a race to the bottom. So we're going to discuss that too. And it's really good advice for anybody out in the field uh, to just take a step back and evaluate what you're bringing to the table and what it's worth and what you should be charging. And, uh, you know, me personally, after this talk, I'm going to go raise my rates and not just for the sake of raising my rates or not just for the sake of making more money, but being honest with myself about what I'm providing to my customers. Um, this is huge. I think this is really important uh, for everybody. So check this out. Tommy's a great guy. Always enjoy talking to him. With that all out of the way, let's jump in. What's up, Tommy? What's happening, my dude? Not much. St. Patrick's Day. Got your uh, corned beef cabbage? Nah, man. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> the last St. Patrick's Day I uh, I decided to celebrate, I was like, I don't know, 10 car <laughs> Irish car bombs in. <laughs> and I, I never drank Jaeger again. <laughs> <laughs> don't they... Uh, they dye the river green out there. Yeah, Chicago, that's about right? the nicest thing they do here, man. They it, it looks really nice. 
Because they've always done that, right? They've done that for many, many years. Oh yeah, especially since like the there's a big Irish population here, and the uh, the last of the generational mayors, the Daly family, they're Irish of Irish okay. descent. So yeah, so that's a huge thing here. Gotcha. Even like the the the, the clubs, like you know, the like the the Cubs, uh, every single uh, team has a green jersey for St. Okay. Pat- some St. Patty's Day. Yeah, they have a big St. Uh, parade down here in St. Paul too. I haven't been to it in a few years. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, they probably haven't had it in a couple of years with Corona, but Yep, uh, same we it came back last year, but the first year, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't they didn't do it. They didn't do right. shit here. Yeah, I'm uh obviously not celebrating either, but uh <laughs> uh dude, I'm done. Like I think the last time I <laughs> celebrated it Actually, no, I'm lying. I was, I just so happened to be in San Diego for the baseball world, like, cup tournament type of thing for baseball. And it was like uh, United States versus Puerto Rico. Okay. And it was at Pickle Park. And we, uh, it just so happened that it was St. Patty's Day. And we ended up at the Gas Lamp District and ended up in an Irish bar. And you already know how that went. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Yeah, we've had have had some good times in the past, but uh, I think I think I've outgrown the, the, the partying hard in the middle of the week. I'm I'm okay without that now. <laughs> Same. There's more productive things I can do with my time than exactly. Health. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, how, how's business? How's where are you at now? Because last time I talked to you, I think you were contemplating going more in the mobile direction but i don't know what you decided i actually on. ended up doing that for pretty much all of 21 most of 20 and all of 21 for the most part i was pretty much just on my own man okay i was uh yeah i was uh i was just mobile shop to shop it was it was good but yeah from our last conversation i ended up just rethinking my my strategy um I had some licensing issues here in the city, and it just made more sense to to keep the shop. But it's it's more. I don't really do retail work too tough. I I do a few things here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I ended up just changing my mod my 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 business model a little bit. So I I don't really do mobile diag anymore. Okay. Programming and keys only, and and if pretty much if it's like a Difficult diag, uh, then I, I just don't do it. I turn them down, or you just take it to the shop, and then I just knock them out there. Sure. So that's that's been and and because like um, you know I'm, I uh I began I I began to stock some used modules. So now yeah. I uh, I refurbish them and then I sell them, I clone them. A lot of a lot of newer stuff, newer model, global A stuff. Yeah, so basically you, a little bit of everything. You've been doing a bunch of board. Uh, or bench work on modules Correct. and stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah, it's going well. It's going very, very busy. I've got a uh, PCM out of a Dodge Caravan right now, but I just I I diagnosed it in the shop, replaced it. I programmed it. I'm like, hey, can I have this? I gave him the whatever. I think it's like twenty bucks. That was the core, pretty cheap. And I'm gonna see if I can fix it, but I'm still figuring out the whole soldering thing. I'm trying to get this. Um, it, it's a driver for a transmission solenoid 
I was messing around with it last night trying to get it off the board. And I can get the like the little tiny legs off of there, but the fat one. The yeah, the big one. There's two of them on it. And man, I had that sucker hot <laughs> last night and it wouldn't budge, so I gotta take another approach to it. Um Haku, if that's how it's pronounced, they make these tweezers. These these hot tweezers that are really good for those. Okay. So the tip of the tweezers actually gets heated up? Okay. Yeah, if it's the the driver that I'm thinking of, which I'm pretty sure it is. I could send you a picture of it, but yeah, I just, I figured I'd give it a shot and see the modules are cheap. So it's not like it's a big deal, but I kind of, I kind of like that side of thing. Just, it's interesting. I mean, that's why I went and took uh, Pedro and Mike's class because I'm pretty interested in it. But when you can fix something that nobody else can find or they're on back order, you can make some uh, decent profit that way too. Definitely, man. It's uh, it's been a blessing, man. I, I went into it at the, at the same time. Uh, uh, this own local junkyard of mine is uh, actually I, I know the owner and I've known him for years. And I and I for years I kept telling him, hey, you know, I can help you with your modules or, or hand out my number. But he just his bread and butter is engines, transmissions, and body parts, man. He doesn't eat to him. Everything else is just junk. So mm-hmm. I ended up buying his inventory, and now I kind of have like like when they basically about to crush a car, I can go out there and pick my modules and I get nice. You know, very good price. And then I look over them, make sure they're good, and test them, bench them. Sure. So it's a it's good, man. It's been it's been good to me so far. What's out there right now that's on like super back order that everybody's G- looking for? GPEX and basically any Continental based uh, Hyundai controllers, Hyundai Kias. Okay. And any and GPEX two two A's, GPEX threes. And that's that's Chrysler Dodge stuff, right? Correct. And then okay. GM has pretty consistent, but there's a couple modules, like especially some of the older E39 E39s are they're not made anymore. And E69s, there's a ten month waiting list. Dang. Okay. That can those can be done by IO both those. E69 no E69. Uh, they need to be cloned out. It's a Bosch module. Oh okay okay. Cool. Well, maybe I'll go scour my local you pull it parts thing, see what they got there. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it's a, it's a lot of fun knowing that you can resolve something, man, and knowing that man, some of these countries where, you know, we used to kind of look down on them, they're actually in the forefront of this because they had no choice, man. I yep. mean, you, you just imagine us here where Hyundai, right? Like a, a Sim 2K341, which is pretty much like a module out of like a Veloster or you know, a Sorento, I think. Uh if I remember correctly, that module is um, twelve hundred US. Okay. So can you imagine, like, if you're in Mexico and you need to buy that module, and you can only do a new one, and that module is, you know, times that by twenty-two, I think twenty-two pesos to a dollar. Jeez. Yeah. So imagine paying twenty grand for an engine computer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, these people have been working with a lot less. Yeah. Well, I know the people I've spoken to in Australia, they don't even have access to or have the ability to program it if they were to purchase it too. Mm-hmm. And so Until yeah, these people are the next few months, I believe. Oh, they're getting something down there though. Correct. Yeah. They're working. Okay. There are, are launches in June, I believe. Okay. Um, but yeah, some of the, I know some of the workarounds have definitely come from other parts of the world, but it sure is handy to have. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's definitely, um, you can tell, like, a vision how 
things are changing. You know, there's there was a you know Mike and Pedro's class was at Vision, and a few mm-hmm. years ago you probably wouldn't even consider it, right? Because it's not you know textbook proper. Uh-huh. But what is textbook improper? I guess no nobody ever. I mean, what's what's textbook improper? You have a car sitting there rotting away until until God knows <laughs> when you're going to get some parts or you get this thing back on the road. Exactly. Or if the OE interface barely functions the way it's supposed to, <laughs> what are you supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, it's it's. There's been a f- pretty much like there. There's a couple of our. Our bread and butter interfaces have now been a complete and entire shit show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, TLC for GMs. Um, Ford's been back and forth. I I think it's. I think I uh, got. I think I figured out one of Ford's biggest issues. Um, next time, try this. Don't update from the updater. Update it through through Ford itself. What do you mean, like? So you know how. You have the I forget the name of the program, but it's it's basically like when it pops up and says, "Oh, uh, IDS or FDRS or FJDS need to be updated." Yeah. So I don't update from there. Oh. I'll go okay. and I'll download it straight from Ford. Oh. Yeah, I don't know why, but every time I update it from there, I have a problem. I end up having to wipe IDS out. I don't know what it is. Huh. So anybody out there having issues, try that. I will uh, definitely consider that. I've been, I've been okay on Ford for a little while. I haven't had. Well, actually, no. I shouldn't even say that. There were some server issues, but somebody was saying that might be because all the stuff that's going on in the world right now with cyber attacks and things like that. So I don't yeah, know. it's it's uh pretty uh interesting how it's gonna affect us more and more. Yeah, is Forescan still functional? Because that was Russia based, isn't it? I I believe you can. I don't think you can buy licenses right now. Oh, okay. All right. I haven't used it. In but a I think weeks. if you if you have it, it should still work. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a handy backup one to have too. <laughs> it's a very handy backup one, <clears throat> and now it programs too. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Speaking of vision, we were both there. Um, I had a I had a good time. I had an interesting drive home because the. Uh, we i was getting on the plane as it was starting to rain and then it was turning into like sleet and ice and so we sat out on the tarmac for like 45 minutes on the plane and they're like yeah you got to get off the plane and we're going to try to wait this out and so we're in the airport for another 45 minutes and then they're like yeah we're shutting down the airport (laughs) so um we're not getting you hotels either so you can sleep here or go figure it out on your own and i was like okay i'm gonna go rent a car and so I rented a car and I just drove home. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a. It's funny because I was gonna fly. I was gonna, and I usually fly Southwest, which is Midway. But ah oh man, it just it really irritates me, man. Midway's such a real pain to get to, and mm-hmm. the waiting, and I don't, I don't hate flying. I just, I just, I was like, you know what, man? Something told me to drive, and then I, I took some. Pedro's gear too so it just worked out and told you know totally it just worked out mm-hmm. but on Sunday I don't know what it was man it's just something told me to leave and I literally missed my class and I just took off I left like at 9 a.m and it's an eight it's an eight hour drive for me so it was a beautiful drive yeah but my flight was actually gonna be around 4 30 now that I remember because I still wanted to see my class and make it to uh-huh. the airport on time so yeah I would have been royally, royally been stu- screwed Stuck, stuck in the, the airport, 
<laughs> nah, I mean, I would have, I would have done the same thing you did, man. I don't, I don't mind driving in the in, in the snow. So right. I would have just rented a car and, and just left. Yeah, it was a twenty-one Kia Sorento. It's a, it a nice ride. I, I got no complaints about it. Handled the snow great. And <laughs> man, how much was that one-way? Uh... Uh, yeah, that was that was three fifty for the one-way rental. Oof. That was probably more than your plane ticket. <laughs> it, was, it was about. Yeah, it was a little bit more. But uh, I did. I was able. I got a hold of Delta, and they gave me a flight credit for the at least for the the way back. So okay, made that's up awesome. a little yeah, Delta, bit of it. I mean, it's 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 just a shitty situation, man. I mean, we can't control mm-hmm. the weather. Yeah, no, it's that was the thing. I mean, I think that's it's how I operate with most customer service. Is when I call, I'm just as nice as possible, and it gets results way better than being angry and pissed off at you know something that they can't do anything about, and it's not the person on the phones fault anyways yeah you know like i i've always said you you know you attract more flies with honey than shit i mean you attract more, <laughs> but i mean yeah i i don't know man like i i take the same approach i'm always calm collected polite hey you know i know it's not your fault blah 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 and it's gotten these places sometimes it doesn't work right yeah you get some frustrating people um but even when you're calling like tech support for some of these programming services it's the same way as just to, you know, just be kind and polite and work with them the best you can. And most of the time they'll get you better results. Than- Except AT&T. They can all <laughs> go play in traffic. I hate, I hated AT&T. Oh man. No matter how nice you were, man. Oh, oh, that was bad. I'm- my uh, internet company at my old place, um, CenturyLink, and they were the same way. That was that was just the absolute worst. Just it was so it was so difficult to deal with them. Um, I think it was more of how they had it structured than the individuals. But like you were guaranteed, you were going to be on the phone for an hour if you needed to call to get anything. And then even then, you're not seeing somebody out to your place to fix the internet for two weeks. And ugh, uh, yeah, <laughs> bad flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> What uh? What classes did you take at Vision? Um. So I took Subaru class. Scott Schotten, uh Enjoyed that oh, a lot. Right. We're in the same. Yeah, it was a. Yeah, no that 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 Schotten class was legit, man. Like I was I was starstruck, man. I mean, I was sitting next to Scott Manna and <clears throat> your your Minnesota cousin over there, Fanslow. <laughs> and um, yeah, we were. Uh, it, it was wow. It yep. was a really, really good time. Like it was a great class. The information was top notch. Like, man, I was blown away. Definitely. Um that one I liked a lot. And then what else did I take? I took uh Perkins network class. Nice. Um, which obviously he always puts on good he's got great content, had some live stuff there. Um I did I did the key class with you the next day. Um, oh you were at, oh, that's right, you were in uh in in uh, math class, right? Yep. Yep. I forgot about that. And that was uh that was good. I I definitely learned some stuff with the leashy um cuz we we spent quite a bit of time on that. I learned uh, uh I have no interest in leashing on. <laughs> I've tried it on my own. I have I have several leashies of the more common and the easier ones to pick and I just my my whole idea of being a VSP is yeah, it's it's fun and it's a cool thing to know, but I just I don't know. I feel like um me per for me personally, man, that's like the 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 lowest 
thing on the list of the of the lowest skill on the things to know when you're a VSP, not a locksmith. If you're a locksmith, then yeah, I mean that's leashing one on one is what you need to what you need to know. That's yep. your job. You need to know how to pick a lock. But for us, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I'm not a. Uh, just me personally, man. I uh, I I have no business or, or interest in learning how to rebuild cylinders or or picking locks. I think it's a cool thing to to know for sure, but it's mm-hmm. not not it's not for me basically. Well, I suppose where you're at too, it, it, there's probably a lot of locksmiths running around doing that stuff, anyways. And they're so and they're so cheap, man. I mean, like, like the Honda ignition cylinders, like my locksmith will fix it for me for forty bucks, and I just tack it on and I resell it. Like, why am I gonna sit here? It's so mm-hmm. competitive in Chicago to do anything like anything that's I don't want to say easy, but that's kind of like the term, like less technical. There you go. Anything yeah. that's less technical to do in Chicago, dude, it's just so overrun. Like, like most of my programming customers, my good programming customers, they're an hour west of me. Because mm. I'm, I'm done in the city. I, I don't have competition because most of the, like, there's a lot of guys that do everything for cheap. Okay. Including, including some programming. Yeah, that's that's tough when it's just a race to the bottom. Yeah, they can have that though. I'm, I'm busy enough, man. I, I do very well. I mean, That's not good. very well, but I'm doing doing much better than I have been. Awesome, I like to hear that. What other class did you take? Um, I was there for tech talks, um, and I oh, was gonna do too. I was gonna do a Saturday morning class, but I because uh, I was actually up front talking to everybody. I spent the morning just preparing, to make sure I was ready. Um, and uh, the the game show that Bryn and <laughs> Keith and uh, Rich put on that was that was outstanding. I, yeah, that, that was, was the that highlight was of the weekend. I was mad as shit though. I was like, "You fucking assholes couldn't even tell me about this shit." <laughs> Everybody's like, "Yeah, hey, good job, man. You guys must have planned it." I'm like, "Nah, we I didn't. I didn't even fucking know." <laughs> assholes. Yeah, for everybody listening, um, they did a a version of. The price is right, but uh, with you know automotive diagnostic ties, and they had participants come up from the crowd and sit up front, and he had them, you know, uh, guess on the cost, the scan tools, and stuff like that. And they had prizes, and it, it was they really put it together. Yeah, Great. you know, just shout out to AES and everybody who who donated Cody, who donated, you know materials yeah. and stuff so we can present something like that I, we thought it was i mean i thought it was it was it was nice man for sure All, so it was it was it was a good it was a good uh vision for me man is i say every year i'm not gonna go right mm-hmm. because and it's it's not taken away there's a lot of just like anything in life man there's stuff that you like stuff that you don't like i have a serious problem with labeling man and i and i don't particularly feel that it's it's vision or just in general and in our trade like it's it's a chicken or the egg well if we label them right people don't show up which is true you're talking about the names of the classes correct labeling of the classroom names like i feel like some of these classes should be labeled uh i mean i sat in a class i won't say which one and it was it should have been a basic introduction to to electrical it should have never said you know advanced or whatever you want to call it and i know that that's the reason why they do it is because if you know 
history speaks that if it says basic, nobody wants to go because nobody thinks they need basic. I need basic. I can go for a, a good basic electrical theory class. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just chicken or the egg. What, who's going to cave first? Is it us or is it is it them or, or sure. whatever, you know? But, you know, um, there's a... Uh, there's also um, the 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 event, man. And it just the people and talking to everybody, man. It just it makes it worth it. But yeah. then at the same token, it's just like, man, it, it gets every as every as the years go by, it also makes it a little harder to to be able to you know take the time off and mm-hmm. especially like like me who you know I'm trying to run a couple businesses and I'm busy up until I leave and then I'm hitting the bricks as soon as i get back and it's just like uh yep was it even worth that's that was the tough part it was catch up the whole next week when i was back it was just i'm completely slammed from the time i get up to the time i go to bed just to catch up on all the stuff that i missed while i was gone uh which i mean it is what it is but that's that's actually something i was thinking about is i mean if, especially if you're a business owner, um, if you're a technician, maybe not so much because there's other people who do the work, but if you're a business owner, how do you weigh, you know, taking the time out to go to things like this? Like what's the, what's it got to be worth to you to give up that time? So in, in general, I'd say that the biggest advantage that you're getting from going and taking and shutting down the shop and going with your employees is the, is the morale boost. Mm-hmm. The whole, you know, man, I, I, I got that. Oh wow! Hey, look, listen, we uh, now we can apply what we learn. You know that that's that's worth its weight in gold. Um, but real realistically, I think it's more of like, man. Personally, I think you should take your crew on the sole fact that it's like, man, my boss cares. Like, man, my boss mm-hmm. wants us to go to training, whether or not the the classes that are selected or presented are are of like you know awesome material because there's always going to be classes where you're like oh you know i learned something some classes are not going to be as good you know Mm -hmm. it's just the nature of things and some classes are going to be amazing um i think that um like reading into the classes and just you know following the trend of instructors you know you'll, you'll, you'll never see a bad jt class you'll never see a bad shot in class Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll never see a bad man of class Perkins, you know, just following, following your trends and knowing what you, what you're, where you're weak at. Cause that's also, that's also a very important part here. Like, uh, somebody told me one time when I was complaining about a class at, uh, not, not vision at another event. And he's just like, the real issue is you've out trained yourself. Like your mm-hmm. level has exceeded the training you're attending, which I mean, I don't, I agree somewhat to a point but ultimately man it's it's up to each and everybody that goes to be like hey you know what man i i, I think i want to get into programming all right let's, let's let's figure out a good introduction to programming class or uh, my weak point is network diagnostics all right let's let's check this one out i think guys this should be a good class or yeah you know um so that's that's where i think it's it makes it worth it now you know, unfortunately, man, like as humans, like I, I know, I know of people that never went back to vision because they just don't, they don't go to class. They spend too much time, you know, 
bullshitting or, or whatever. And then that's disheartening because then it's just like, man, you know, like at least, you know, put in the effort to go to class and network right. and talk to people. So, yeah, that, it's it's tough, man. It's really, really tough all around as a, as a, as a business owner. Like I took my guy and in 19 we went uh it was it was i i don't regret anything like i i'm glad i'm glad i took it is there an actual roi that's hard man it's mm-hmm. it's really hard you know we split ways a year later so i can't i never got to see a, an roi on on that but just knowing that i took them knowing that i was able to be like man you know like Nobody in my area offers any training, and here I am, like taking them here, taking them there, footing them, you know. So, yeah, it was it was it was a good feeling for me. I'm I'm glad I did it, and I'd probably do it again, honestly. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, I remember when I was attack when Firestone would pay for training, and they actually they sent us out to like a week long thing, and uh, at Lincoln Tech in Nebraska, um, that was really cool. And yeah, you come back and you're you're pumped up and ready to go and that it does it does boost that morale when you see that the company or the person you work for wants you to get better even if you like I said even if you end up staying with them or not it's it, it is it is so much better than just knowing that they don't care <laughs> uh, just, yeah. just keep keep on working i don't want you to improve that's you're definitely not going to stay at a place like that or most people are not going to stay at a place like that um but yeah, the networking with people, that's one of the big things for me. Um, even if I don't, even if I'm not blown away by the classes, um, getting to see people in person, meet people I've never met in person, you know, hanging out afterwards and having some drinks. Um, that's, that's pretty cool. And, and just like the best of the best too. I think that's, what's cool about vision is that it kind of attracts the top quality people in this industry and then yeah. you can hang out and then just sort of <laughs> absorb information <laughs> yep. off of, off of everybody. Um, that, that's the part I really enjoy about it more than anything. Yeah, no, I, um, I do enjoy the experience a lot. Dinners and, you know, me, me making fun of people. I mean, that's usually the highlight of my <laughs> Of, of any time I, I attend a, a conference, man. But no, it's 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 really great, man. It's also great to see the the, the group, man. Um, being able to to send people there, and um, we're hoping to be able to do more in the future. Send more people. Yeah, um, you guys just gave away a pico too the other day, right? Yeah, actually, the gentle the gentleman is literally forty minutes from my house. Oh, nice. So yeah, so just just you know you know unfortunately, man, we didn't um. It's been a while since we raffled, so we we didn't really stipulate like, you know, make sure you're present because we're gonna call you and blah blah blah. I mean, oh. I mean, like I said, we're we're doing what we can, man. I mean, we're just we're just a bunch of guys. We all have day jobs, man. I mean, we we do this out of love, man. I mean, sometimes we, if it's not money, it's time. Like we've invested so much time and money into this from our own pockets and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, so um, we uh, in order to just like. Uh, just show you know a face behind uh, the prize so nobody's be like hey who has it or whatever we're uh uh we're gonna do a little video i'm gonna go up and i'll be like hey you know here's your pico and what's your nice. name and you know blah 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 and he's a snap-on a user so i think maybe i'll just do a little bit of hands-on with him help him out okay. a little bit, get familiarized with the tool no that's cool um i've i we, we've talked about it before obviously but i've always been a big 
fan of what you guys are doing with trade by tax. And now you guys recently became like official, what is it? 401 501c3. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was a, it was a bitch. Like it was not fun. And again, like I said, it's, it's not even like, you know, it was expensive. I mean, it's, it's, it's expensive when it's not expensive, but it's expensive when you're broke, you know? So, so it's like, you know, we, we pitch in money and time and, you know, we, we we're just doing, you know, best we can. We think this can be something major in our sinking industry because it's sinking. I mean, let's just be clear here, man. Our industry is sinking. And, you know, sometimes I, I say to some of the guys in these group chats, man, I, I think the industry is going to have to burn down before it gets better. It's like, it's like Chicago, man. Like Chicago hadn't burned down. We'd, we'd literally be looking like Boston or or New Orleans or New York City, like all cramped and all, you know, single, str- you know, one lane, one lane streets and stuff instead of having like alleys and, and two lane roads. And, yeah, you know, because when the city burned down, they brought in like they just started from scratch, man. They brought in engineers from Germany and this architects from Holland. Like they spared no expense, man, to rebuild this place. And you can tell. Even now, like it's 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 an old ass modern city. Okay. So it's kind of like that. Like I feel like that's that's the epitome of our industry. Like it's gonna have to crash and burn before it gets any better. What, what what's that gonna look like? I'm just trying to think of like a collapse, and how that looks for people that are trying to get their car fixed, and how that looks for technicians. So every time there's a crash, right? There's also the the general change of perception. Mm-hmm. So like, so us us as as technicians, or we're we're literally in on an island, right? Mm-hmm. And we're in an island, and we're surrounded by shark infested waters. And each shark symbolizes something. One shark is the OEMs who hate us. One shark is the general motoring public that already doesn't trust us and really doesn't like us and really hates us when their car breaks down. And the other shark is, you know, um ourselves we're our own enemies i mean you know how many times did you say man i went to this dentist and he he did a really shitty job okay crickets you don't hear anything right you tell it hey man that guy ripped me off down the street yeah he sure did i would have never charged you that even though you probably would have charged him more but you just say it just so you can look better right Mm -hmm. how many times have you how many times have you been thrown under the bus by by a shop who hates you i know i've been thrown under the bus a whole bunch of times all yep. the time. Oh, he ripped you off. Oh, he charged you a lot. Oh, he did this. Oh, he did that. I never did that. I go, I tell people, oh, do you think he ripped me off? I go, he charged you what he needed to charge you to stay in business, whether it's excessive or not. I can't answer that question. I don't know his his, his overhead. What I do know is that you as a consumer are responsible for your, your, your purchasing decisions. Asking the, asking the questions, what am I getting for this? Why are, why Why is this part, you know? Three three hundred dollars. Ask those questions. They're good questions to ask. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you know, like I ask questions like that all the time. But unfortunately, man, like there's just we're just enemies. There's there's yeah. enemies everywhere. OEMs think we're dumb and they don't like us and they don't want to help us, but they're forced to by the U.S. government. So they use everything in their power to not help us. Mm-hmm. Any little loophole that they have, they will, they will use. We're still fortunate because it could be a lot worse. But we, we oh, you yeah. know, it, it's. I'm grateful for what we for what we do have, but yeah, man, the manufacturers don't give a flying fuck about us. Um, and even the dealer techs too. I think, man, I don't think they they care. Period. I just think they they want to get their crap ass cars out out on the road. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's funny is that here in Illinois, 
um, they passed a law stating that any, it's actually like a flat rate law, really. So now anything that's flat rate, it has to be paid at time and a half. Really? No, I'm sorry, not flat rate. My apologies. Uh, warranty work. Oh. Manufacturer warranty work needs to be paid at time and a half to compensate for. But my my buddy who works for GM here at a GM dealership, he's like, yeah, man. He's like, it's all great and dandy or whatever. But he's like, dude, they're going to. They're going to throw the book at us. Any little thing that they see, any little dot, you know, T not yep. crossed or I not dotted, bro, they're just going to nail us to the wall. Mm-hmm. I go, yeah, man. I mean, <clears throat> it is what it is. But so this is this is what's, what's going to happen, right? At least I think so, right? And it's already starting. You see the cries for help. So that's the first. Oh, man, mm-hmm. we can't find nobody to work. Oh man, I'm 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 four, I'm a month booked out. Oh, I got all these customers mad because I can't find anybody to help. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's like analyze yourself and analyze your situation. Would you work for you? I've always said that. Would you work for you? Like, what's why? Why would why would I work for you? Why would right. I work for me? I go. What are you offering me? Twenty five bucks an hour flat rate. Sorry, bro. I ain't cutting it no more, man. Mm hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, 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 and especially millennials. I know I'm considered a millennial, but I don't consider myself one. I'm more of like the older millennials. How old and, are you? Uh, 37. Okay. So we're about the same age. Okay. Yeah. So I, I still remember getting my ass kicked. You know, I still remember, you know, the, the concrete jungle gyms and, uh, the parks and <clears throat> seeing, uh, needles if you were burning my burning my ass on the on the stainless steel slide <laughs> so you know i remember you know having to hear my dad's whistle if i didn't hear it i was too far street lights come on time to go home like okay like, i remember that but i also um, i was there present during the advent of technology cell phones internet um and i share some of the millennial traits and one of my biggest millennial traits is that i am not money motivated at all I really, I'm really not. I mean, I've, I've always believed in, 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 in believe in yourself. Follow your, follow your, your path. Find what you like. Throw yourself at it, and that, and that, and the success will come afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be the biggest problem because the older generation has that st- mentality still that you have a job, you should be grateful. Yeah, even if you hate it. <laughs> yeah, like you should. Well, what are you complaining about? Why do you? Why do I need a give you a day off i mean yeah you you should be thankful like you should be thanking me that i'm giving you a job and i'm paying you to do a job mm-hmm. like those that type of shift needs to happen because right now there's too many there's too many older shop owners who yeah. are just squeezing the, their lemons until they retire not mm-hmm. enough new shop owners there's a handful of ones who are awesome i could i, I know them personally they're great shop owners mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of dirtbags. Oh, yeah. And and I'm not saying dirtbags because they might be dishonest or whatever. But by doing things like uh, working for cheaper, you're you're dis, you're being dishonest to yourself. Like you're you're dis, disservicing us. You're cheapening our market. Because I get that all the time. You know, I get people that walk into the door. Man, I heard you're great, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, what's going on? And I give them 10 minutes. And I'm like, well, you know. I, and I interview them. So... Being in a in a bad neighborhood, I kind of like weed out the the customers I don't want by just an interview process. This okay. is nothing like 
the the whole coaching and oh yeah, say yes, don't say no, bring them in. No, I don't, I don't do any of that, man. I, I my shop's too small. Man. It it's not. I don't manage my shop conventionally, man. I'm so unconventional, but it 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 works for me for my situation, man. They come in and yeah, yeah, bring the car and let's take a look. No, man, look, man. I go. You did this or this and this. It's it's this. You get a code scan from me, man. A five minute code scan. And if I see like a whole bunch of modules screaming communication, or it gives me an idea, and I and I have my two tiers of the start. It's either the, my 150 or it's my or it's my 250 or it's my my 350 or 450 if it's euro. Like I and that's mm-hmm. and I stick to that. And I'm and then and that's that weeds out 70 percent of the people. Oh no, man, you you you, you charge and blah blah blah, and, and you can't just hook up. No, listen, man. I'm not the shot for you, and I, I'm totally fine with them walking out the door. The the rest of the percentage get weeded out after that. Oh, do you do you roll that into the bill? No, it's a separate it's a separate charge. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it covers my time because what if you need a module on your BMW and it's three thousand dollars, three thousand dollars, blah blah. blah. Oh, you, you see what I'm saying? Exactly. So I need yep, to, I need yep. to cover my time, uh-huh. and, and that's time that I invest, whether you fix it or not. So that needs to get covered. Mm-hmm. I get rid of some people that way, and then the ones that are okay with all of that. But are too impatient. I tell them, yeah, man, I'm booked out for a week. Can you bring it by, you know, on this date? So if they come back, those are my my A1, and they're amazing customers. They're patient. They're willing to wait because they want their their vehicle fixed correctly. Yeah. You it's- know. So so usually that's kind of how I navigate my area, and it's worked out pretty well. It's a little bit of a waste of time because you have to answer the phone, and you can't be rude. You got to be polite. You're still a shop owner. You know, it's it's not their fault, but I've just I don't want to or have the time to train my customers anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just not in it within my 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 field of what I want to do, and I'm okay well, with it. Yeah, that's uh, I can only imagine an exhausting process to even attempt to do something like that. Um, I got so burned out. This one of the reasons why I closed the shop was because I I was just ext- I was I, I literally I timed myself one day every time somebody came in or every time I got a phone I started my stopwatch four hours every day talking to oh, people and crap. basically listening to this nonsense and and it's not nonsense because it's like they they don't know any better because that's what they're conditioned to they they walk up to i go to some of these shops and and people drive up and it's just like they they flock out there they they just run out there with a scan tool and they scan it and be like oh yeah you need an oil pressure sensor man just come by tomorrow and it's you know go buy the part and bring it one installer for you like just yep. it's it's all wrong man and mm-hmm. and 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 the sad part is the sad and beautiful part is that i was like that too because i didn't know any right. better man Say, even after here. even after uti i didn't know any better i just thought that's how it was mm-hmm. and this is you know every people that are listening to this like what the hell are you talking about shop owner this is a chat about vision but no my point is that I opened my eyes in 2017 when I went to Vision. Vision, Vision for me is like, even though, like I said, I always say I don't want to go because of my the not because of what I spend, but because of what I stop making. But man, I owe Vision a lot. John Thornton convinced me to go to Vision because I, you know, it's funny because I I say this a lot, but people don't believe me. I'm very shy. Like I have a, a lot of uh, uh, social anxiety. I don't like crowds. I don't like being. I don't like being in a place by myself, and I don't know anybody. I hate it. So I went to Vision by my dude. I drove myself there. I I went there by myself. I didn't know jack shit, and 
I ended up meeting Paul Danner there, uh, a friend, Christopher, who I see every year at Vision, and we hang out. He's an awesome guy. He has a shop out in, in Amarillo, Texas. Um, he's, man, it's it was just, it was such an amazing experience and such a welcoming experience for me that it changed my career. Like, I, I was able to see, like, hey, man, there's, there's other ways of making money. Not all money is good money, and... It was mm-hmm. was it rough for a while? Nah, man, not change isn't easy. Change is very difficult. Right. But if it wasn't for events like Vision, man, you'll never know what you what you don't know. You'll never yep. find out. You'll never yep. find out what else is there because if it, the one takeaway you can do is like you can talk to other shop owners and you know find out if coaching is for you. If, if that's the that's the you know I have my own personal opinions on coaching, but you know aside from all that, like whatever everybody's shop is different not not all the rules are the same you know and if that's that that's what's gonna catapult you into being able to pay your guys better and having a better life for you then hey man so so be it Mm -hmm. um yeah that is 100 accurate is the the things that you learn about what you could be doing or what you're doing wrong or maybe even what you're doing right but by talking to other people you're never going to figure that out unless you you get out there with other professionals you know and seeing oh you know there are different ways to do this there are different ways to approach this or i'm not charging enough for what i'm doing i'm not valuing enough the services that i'm providing cuz i i'm very guilty of that and just whether it be in vision or facebook groups or chat groups or whatever just getting to talk to everybody else it's been so so huge for me uh, to improve what I'm doing based on <laughs> what, what other people can show me and share with me. Um, that's, that, that's where the value lies, where it's hard to put a price tag on it, but man, it, it's 100% changed my perspective when I'm doing the business side of things for me. But, you know, I can also offer that to my students too, when I'm teaching, it's like, Hey, you guys value yourself like don't let people or don't let the places you work for devalue what you do because especially right now somebody else there's a guy there's going to be somebody out there is going to pay you correctly or compensate you correctly one way or another um don't 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 devalue yourself because i was the same way i worked at a shop where we did free diagnostics if you did the repair mm-hmm. that was our thing and I, like you said i was i was young i thought that's just how it was because once again plugging in a scan tool and pulling codes was the majority of that, our yeah. diagnosis so <laughs> well i mean here's the here's the funny part about me man like one of the things that i it it, it spreads integrity spreads like also, you doing business, people look at you. Other shop owners look at you, and they tell me, "Like, man, you don't, you don't stress about anything." I go, "I don't. I cover. My, I've learned how to cover my bases. I, I learned how to talk to customers." I go, "I don't argue. Like, I don't have these because I'm like I said, I'm in the hood, man. So people come in like, like you know, rowdy, ready to like, ready to fight. And I, I work on some really shady people's cars, but I, I've, I've never had an issue with them because it's, it's, it's like you learn." You have to learn how to deal, adapt to your area. There's, there's, there's gonna be problems no matter where you are. I have money problems in my area. There's people who don't have money problems, but they have snooty people. Oh, you put my, you didn't put my seat back where it was. You didn't, mm-hmm. you didn't put a cover on it. Oh, there's a smudge on my, like, like, like 
the whole t- polar opposite. Like, yeah, I just dropped five grand, but why is my seat not back? Well, lady, <laughs> I'm six foot ten, four hundred pounds. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> like, stick my head out the window and just <laughs> like, like. <laughs> so, going back to it, you know, like, like that, the whole love and stuff. I, I, perfect example. And I really hate sounding like this, but I'm just gonna say it. A lot of Hispanics, my people, people that I deal with, the shops that I deal with, majority of my my customers in terms of shops are Hispanics. Not you know, not second generation or born here. They're from you know wherever they're from, Mexico, Central America, South America. Mm-hmm. And I always observe them, man. It's really funny, and I call it the marketplace mentality. Um, and I think it's from you know where we're from. Like it's always negotiation. It's always um, you know, you're, you do the work cheaper because you'll get more work, and more work equals more money. Because gotcha. that's, that's the marketplace mentality, right? Well, you you buy twenty avocados and you can sell them for you buy them for a dollar and you sell them for two, and you know you make X amount of money. But if you buy them for for a dollar and you sell them for dollar fifty, but you buy forty of them, you're gonna sell them faster because you're selling them for one fifty. I go, but what a lot of people don't realize is that this isn't, we're not selling avocados here, man. This is a trade. This is a profession. This is a skill set that's acquired mm-hmm. with time and, 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 and effort. And I have an amazing transmission guy. I know those two words never go back together, but this is a, <laughs> this, this guy is probably one of the sharpest transmission rebuilders I ever seen. He's very, very fast, very efficient. Rarely, ha- matter of fact, I farm my work to him when I have a transmission job. Okay. And, um, when he first rented a shop, we were having a conversation, and it's just a, a general conversation about pricing. He's like, "Man, I don't know how much." He, he was kind of gloating. He's like, "Man, I don't know why these shops charge so much for a transmission." Blah 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 blah. I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Oh, the guy next here, he he charges like seven eight hundred bucks or something." I'm like, "Dude, I charge full." Uh, depending on the year, it's even like my labor my labor rates in my area are vary from sixty bucks to a hundred bucks an hour. I'm at 125 at the time because I just don't want to do it. My shop's too small. It's 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 just not feasible for me. Mm-hmm. It, like heavy duty repair um, was never feasible for me, and I never I never wanted to do it. So I I chased it away, and I told him, dude, I charge X amount. He's just like, why? Why would you do that? I go, why wouldn't I do that? He's like, but they're gonna say no. I said, how do you know that? It's not your money. And he's like, he starts. He's like, but. I don't understand. I said, I know. I know you understand because this is, this is how you, 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 this is what you know. I go, mm-hmm. but let me give you a scenario, right? He had a Corolla in there. How much you charge to do that transmission? He's like, oh, man, I can get that transmission done. And no, no, no. I don't care how long it's going to take you. How much? He's like, for this one, I'll charge 350 You know, drop it down, put it up. I said, okay. You get three phone calls, right, for three of these at 350 he was like, yeah. He's like, okay, so that's a thousand fifty. He's like, yeah, okay. Why don't you charge five hundred bucks? He's like, what if they say no? I go, okay, yeah. I mean, probably, but what if two of them say yes and one says no? He's like, you just did two jobs for the price of three, mm-hmm. and all you went up was a couple hundred bucks. And he's like, he started thinking. He's like. Man, I don't know. Just, you know, food for thought. I I do his programming, man. Fast forward now, the guy rents a beautiful shop, has employees, and tells me all the time. He's like, man, dude, he's like, he's like, not for nothing, man, but 
I'll never forget what you told me. And I'm just like, and it was out of the blue because, I mean, like, I've seen him prosper over the years, you know. And then yeah. he would tell me, he's like, man, like, I had to raise my prices, man, because I'm just too busy. I said, yeah, that's what you should do because there's only one of you and there's only so much work you're going to do. So why not maximize your, your, your money with what you can do? Because at the end of the day, I go, yeah, they might not tell you the job now, but, dude, you're so good at it that people are going to come back mm-hmm. because – you're good at what you do. Like you're tra- like literally, man. All the transmissions he's re- he's rebuilt maybe like thirty or forty transmissions for me, dude. I've never had one issue with him. And so, so what I'm kind of saying is like we just don't know. And yeah, the fact that I was able to help somebody grow themselves and as a business by showing them like, hey, man, there's another way of doing this, is a side effect of vision. Uh, well, yeah, I was just actually going to ask that mindset that you're describing to him. Is is that some of the things you picked up from meeting people in vision, or did you get that somewhere else along the way? That's that's a really good perspective to take in this in this field. Um, it came from from meeting people at vision, going to training events. I don't like talking money when I go to classes, but I hear people, you know, mm-hmm. and even sometimes like some in the ASOC, like like in a shop owners group, there's a lot of stuff I don't agree with. And I never will, and that's fine. I mean, we're not we're not always going to agree on stuff, but there's been few people. Uh, there's a select few people in there that I I ask for for business advice. I go, and again, like I had a friend tell me one time, she's like, everybody's going to talk to you, everybody's going to give you advice. It's up to you as a person to pick what you like about their advice and leave behind the bad stuff you don't like about their advice, and then just and just grow with it. So I've always like. I'm, a, I'm I'm always a listener. I'm a jackass. I know. Sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> but like, I'm very observant, and I and I'm a, and I'm a pretty good listener. And I take all those experiences and talking to other people and being like, yeah, no, man, I'm I'm a hundred. Like, I remember this specifically clear. I wish I remember the gentleman's name, but he's just like, he wasn't. He was a gentleman from Nebraska, one of the first persons I talked to at Vision, and I never seen him again. He was just like, yeah, man, no, I'm at. We're at 175. I'm like, what the hell? 175? How? And you're in freaking Nebraska. He's like, dude, we have a month's worth of work, man. I can't, I can't, I can't catch up for the life of me, man. He's like, I, I have a decent sized crew, but now I'm, my shop's too small. And I'm like, so when I started thinking about it, how is it? How? How is it? How? And it started coming from that. Um, also, one one of the things that I've learned is like me, Tommy, for example, and this was even from my days of doing wrenching for cheap. Mm-hmm. I remember specifically, um, I hated doing it because I knew it was too. I knew deep down I knew it was cheap, but then I was just like, "What's a pad slab? What's this? What's that? You know, who cares? Yeah. It's still money, right?" Uh-huh. But what I loved doing was diag because I commanded my price because I knew I was going to figure it out and whatever price I had to tell them because they didn't really have a choice. I had them buy the balls per se. Mm-hmm. So that's why I focused on that. And that's where it got, that's how that got me today because that's at least for, for one thing I've always had, I've never budged on my diag prices ever. I may be able to help people on parts prices or maybe like depending on what it was, I would help them out before before I learned about, you know, AROs and parts matrices and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it came to my Diag, what I charged, nah, man, I, I never budged on that one. Never. Because I knew I had you. I, I knew you didn't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
so many people can throw in a wheel bearing, you know, and some people can do it faster than others, but a lot of people can do it. And the diagnostic figuring out the problems, that's it's not the same. And another thing I learned at, at vision a couple years, like a year or so after that was a perfect, was a great analogy, man. It was a, it was a fucking, it was a food analogy and not the, Oh, I'll bring my steak to the steakhouse and blah, blah, blah. See if they'll cook it. No, no, it was more like, you're going to have people who want McDonald's, and you're going to want people who want a piece of steak. I go, who do you want as a customer? Right. And it's true. It's just like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm, uh, you can find it cheaper. I mean, go right ahead. Mm-hmm. I don't have to stop what I'm doing because I'm afraid of losing you. You may have, you may find somebody who's doing cheaper, but I can, I have people who want to pay me what I'm worth. So it's just, you're not going to win them all, man. And letting go of that fear is probably the most important part because I I have shops that swear up and down they can't afford a, a service information they can't afford a diet guy but yet they're on <laughs> they're under quote jobs they do this and they do that and I'm just I'm looking at them like dude like like I like I had a guy one time and I said this on on Facebook I, I I'm I'm notorious for saying this service information which one's the best one all of them yeah all of them yeah <laughs> oh no but if you can have to pick one which one would it be all right, next month, pick which light, which which utility bill you're gonna pay. You want to pay the gas, you want to pay your mortgage, you want to pay the light. <laughs> oh, I can't do that. Same thing, homie. Now right. pick pick your pick your vehicles. I mean, I I specifically feel that part of uh going back to our our crash and burn uh, philosophy for the industry is out of the ruins of all that specializing needs to happen. Yep, specializing needs to happen because now. You can buy the specialty tools for your vehicle, and then you have all the information at your fingertips. That's a that's our problem here. I had a perfect example was a gentleman who was who was stuck on using bootleg service information, and he was like, "How do you? How can you? I mean, I know you're expensive, but man, that's a lot of money to be spending on information. I have information and blah blah blah. I'm like, do you you do you book hours? Do you or do you book by job? Do you sell the jobs like like oh it's five hundred bucks or whatever? Or do you actually go by the hours? He's like no, I look up the hours and and my service information. I go bro, I bet you anything, man, it's outdated. I go the numbers are outdated too, bro. Mm-hmm. Look it up, and then one job will actually pay for that itself. Right. <laughs> so I mean, you know, it was just it was just food for thought. But you know, the reality is. Special specializing is gonna be key to everything, and, and I tell this to to shops all the time. Like I go to some of these shops, and and it's always the same thing. Oh, that's too much. Is it your car? No. Well, what's the problem? They're gonna right. say no. Then they pay for, pay you for your time, and then get out your shop. Mm-hmm. Do you know how to do this? No. So then, what do you what What's the problem? And I'll tell them that. What's the problem? No, but it's, it's, that's bad customer service. No, it's good customer service. You're telling them, listen, man, this is beyond my scope of, of, of expertise here. Mm-hmm. I go, when's the last time you asked your roofer to paint your floor, paint the, paint the wall? <laughs> you don't do that, right? Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I've, I've used that same analogy with somebody recently. It's like you don't call a house repair man. You call a, you know an HVAC guy or a plumber or electrician or a roofer. You know, everybody has their Why own. Why do we need to know everything on the car? Why? Exactly. And yeah. I and and I I remember specifically this is an uh, uh, uh somebody I I I know a, a person who came up in like a quick repair type of specific you know type of place and mm-hmm. he, he's been trying to get into uh, like 
doing some diag and stuff like that. Cool guy. Um, but specifically, I'm just like, it, some people have it, man. Some people don't. And that's fine, man. I mean, it, it's not for yeah. everybody. So it's kind of like, I tell my, it's like, so I tell some of these shop owners, this is a muffler shop. Why don't you stick to what you know and do mufflers? Dude, you can make a killing doing this the right way. Why, why are you worried about this guy's check engine light? You want to farm it out, farm it out. If not, then, then don't. Don't stop taking them in. You guys don't know what you're doing. Oh, but, you know, like, it's just like me. I don't do mufflers. I don't know how to fucking weld. And I don't want to. That's <laughs> not what I want to do. Right. Like, well, why do I need to learn? Why do I need to do that? I'm not going to learn on the customer's car. Yep. Would you? No. All right. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. But it's the, uh, I don't know if it's the whole hero mentality or it's just a, is it, is it a fear of, like, Customer, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. I think it's opposite, man. I've I've told people, I, I tell people, listen, man. I go, if it's something beyond my scope of comprehension, I'll tell them the truth. Listen, man, I'll figure it out. I need time. I need time and I need money. If you don't have either of those, take it. Mm-hmm. I long, I have long lost my pride because my pride used to be the death of me. I was so like, man, I can fix it. I can fix it, but it's not financially feasible, man. Right. The, the time I spent breaking my head on this on this car, and I ended up probably not even making any money off of it because I probably had to buy a tool or I had to buy a scan tool. Or I had to buy this and that. And you really think about it business-wise, it's it's a waste of time. You can't fix them all, man. Yeah, and there's nothing exactly. wrong with it. There's nothing yeah. wrong with it at all. Yeah, it's almost been like an expectation of uh, the automotive technician at least when I got into the field and as I was a technician, like you, you were just expected to know every make and model in the aftermarket and be able to work on anything that comes in. And there just was nothing else put out there. You just, here's what, here's your ticket, you know, figure it out sort of thing. And, um, and here's, here's why the industry needs to crash, man. And I know it's, it's a, it's off topic, but I feel like it's related. I had shop. I went to, um, you know, good people, but their their mentality was so off, man. And I, it took me explaining them, like, look, man, like, uh, they're like, oh, do you know? And I know people, man. I I always have people. Hey, are you hiring? Or you know anybody? You know a better shop? And blah blah blah. And if I like them, like if I, I cause I like I said, I'm observant and I know who's who's good and who's not. And I'll I'll try to find them a better home because I'm all about you know bettering ourselves and bettering the industry. And bro. The shop's like, yeah, you know, like, you know, my guy's moving and we need somebody else and we pay very, very, very good. I'm like, okay, like, all right, man. I mean, look, man, I go, I hear that all the time and it's, it's, it's never what you guys think it is. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple guys that are out this way. I can send them to you. They're, they're legit. I go, cause, but I, I need to, I'm not going to waste our time man. what are you offering? He's just like, what are your hours and what are you offering? And he's like, oh man, yeah, man, it's uh, we're doing uh, I think six to, I think he told me eight to six, and then nine to three or nine to two on Saturday or something like that. And I was like, okay, what are you offering? He's like, oh man, depending on their their knowledge, I said, humor me, man, like, what are you paying? He's just like, oh, between seven fifty to nine fifty a week. I'm like. Mm. Um, hey man, so you really think that's good? He's like, yeah, that's great. I'm like, you sure? He's like, you don't think so? I said, it's not. It's minimum wage, bro. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, 
bro, do the math. And I did the math for him. It was like 50 hours or something like that or 40-something hours, over 40-something hours. You take that and you divide it by, you know, 800 bucks or whatever average mm-hmm. that he was offering. And it was like 18 bucks an hour or something like that. I'm like, dude, city of Chicago right now is $15 an hour minimum wage. Yeah. And I go, and it's only 40 hours. I go, dude, there's a car wash down the street from my house that a starting position, there's a big ass sign and it says $16 an hour. And all you do is standing there and telling people to to, to <laughs> right. stop and then put your car in neutral. Uh-huh. I'm like, and I told him, so dude, you, you, I, I, I strongly suggest you revise that number, man, because if not, you're not going to attract shit. And this guy was literally convinced that that was a great salary. Dude, can you imagine that? Yeah. Like, that's, but that's, that's the reality of it. And that is prevalent around here too. 900, not, 900 bucks a week after taxes. That's what? Seven. Right. 700 bucks. 700, $2,800 a month. Dude, in Chicago rent in a, a two bedroom apartment in Chicago now is $2,000, dude. Yikes. So then it's, it's a chicken and the egg thing again. You're, you're forcing people to do side work, mm-hmm. but yet side work mm-hmm. devalues the industry. Yeah. So who who's gonna give first? <laughs> it's a it's a tough, but but going back to our topic is training, learning mm-hmm. how to better yourself, learning how to how to value yourself. If we all do that, we can all command better. And then by paying us more, these shop owners are gonna have to shit or get off the pot. Mm-hmm. Either start charging accordingly, or they're gonna close. Yep. Point blank. There's no. There's we're at the we're at that tipping point right now. Where it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, it goes back to that conversation we had, uh, I don't know, last year or something with mobile technicians and repair shops too, where, you know, we could, we could potentially be propping up one of those shops that's <laughs> you know, not charging anywhere near enough to the customer um, or not able to pay a quality employee. I, we're, pro- we're, we're keeping them in business. I stopped asking how many how many of my customers I actually eat my eat my fee. Mm. I think about half of my customers that call me pay pay for me out of pocket, and I just go. I tell them I'm like, "Why are you paying for this? Right? Why?" <laughs> and sometimes it's like, "Oh no, man, we messed up. We told them it was this, so now I gotta make it right." Okay, I can respect that. You're trying to make it right. Okay, I mean that's that's awesome. And some other people are just like, well, we got to fix it now. We're already in it because we already did this, 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 threw the kitchen sink at it. Yeah, they're already behind with the customer before they even get you in the door. And so they're not calling to get more money from them. Have have any of your customers ever made you talk to them, to their customers? Like any of your shops were in such a bad situation where they just begged you to talk to their their customer? You ever been in that situation? Yeah, there's there's been a couple times. Um there's there's one shop I go to, it's a Vietnamese guy and I think that's honestly it's it's there's some language barriers and stuff like that. <laughs> so I've helped him out there if I'm talking to somebody and I and the other problem is too, he this is one of those shops where I can be explaining something like technical and them as a technician or as a shop owner, they don't understand what I'm talking about. Language barrier or not, they're just, they're not even at that level to understand the details of it. And so 
how are they going to try and sell that to a customer when they don't even <laughs> understand it? Um, but I try to actively avoid dealing one-on-one with a customer. I've really enjoyed just dealing with shops as, as a mobile tech. That is one thing. I have I, a explicit rule. Do not give my number to, to customers. Oh, yeah. Will, no, if you don't don't, wanna, do not give my if, number out. If you don't want to farm it out, then don't. I don't care. Do not give my – because I tell them the truth. I'm like – because I've had to stop a few of them. Like, listen, man, I appreciate the referrals. Please do not give my number out. If you don't want to take them on, I go give them the number to the shop. Don't give out yep. my personal cell phone number and blah, blah, blah. You know, yep. you know, it's, some people just, they do it out of a, you know, good heart and intent, you know, because they like mm-hmm. you or whatever. But I had this shop who calls me. This guy was such in the woods with this car, man. And it, it ended up being a, a shit show car. And the lady was just frustrated. And I was, I don't know, he caught me in a good mood, man, because I don't talk to customers at all. He's like, hey, man, can you talk to her, man? And blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, dude, I don't talk to customers, man. This is your problem, dude. This is your department. If I want to talk to customers, man, I'll open up my shop and stay there. He's like, man, I, I just, I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know what to tell her. She's pissed and blah, blah, blah. All right, screw it. I need some practice anyway. I'm a little rusty. Mm-hmm. Hey, ma'am, you know, this is Tommy, blah, 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 you know, San Jose, whatever, whatever. Um, I got called in to look at your vehicle. You have any concerns or any questions? She's just like, okay, let her finish talking. And she let it all out. She took it to a shop across the street. The shop actually closed down, but she took it for a check engine light, and the car stopped, talk, stopped, it stopped starting while it okay. was at that shop for a month. And at the same time, the there were some legal issues. The shop shut down, and she had to fight to get her car out of there. Huh. Pushed it across the street to the shop where I know, <laughs> and he tried fixing it. He couldn't figure it out, and he called me in, and now I'm talking to her. And he's like, listen. So I told him, like, listen. I go, it's an unfortunate situation that you're in, and I understand what's going on. I go, but unfortunately, I, I can't help you with any of that. The only thing I can do is help you with your vehicle now. She She's like, but I just don't understand. Listen, man, I don't understand either. But what I do know is that this is a communication failure. And I started explaining to her because communication failures are involved in talking to the modules, and blah, 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 whatever. And I go, it's time and effort to find this. And that's why he called me in. See, you're at the right place because this is beyond his scope of abilities. So that's why mm-hmm. he calls me to come fix yep. a form. So you're going to get an accurate diagnosis and we're going to get your car on the road. But how much is it going to be? Listen, ma'am, unfortunately, anybody who can actually tell you that is lying to you. Mm-hmm. I go, step one is the diagnostic. And the reason why it's so much is because it's going to take us a few hours. The time needs to be compensated for. I go, sorry about what happened. I go, but I don't know what happened, but we're going to find out. But it's 250 to check this out. But you don't know. I'm like, ma'am, you either fix it or you don't. I mean, I don't. I don't normally talk to customers, but I understand your position. I understand where you're coming from. I go, but at the end of the day, it's, 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 the choice is simple. Either you want to fix it or I can just leave. It doesn't matter to me, but you're going to get me. Listen, I don't, you're going to get a, you're going to get a result from me. I go, Mm -hmm. but I just don't know what that's going to be. She's like, okay, I'm comfortable with that. Thank you. (laughs) And that's it. I mean, like some people, some people just want their shit fixed, man. Like, like, Point blank, some they just they want their shit fixed, and mm-hmm. some of these places they just don't have, they're not capable of doing it, right? You know, so I don't know if you have the same type of market by you or I, I, how's the income where you're at? Is it middle or? 
Well, so, so I'm kind of in a weird spot because I'm about half hour north of the Twin Cities. Kind of, I'm kind of out in the sticks, and so around here, the income level is relatively low compared to if you go into the cities. And I do have some shops in the cities, and so the clientele changes dramatically. Like up here, it's all Chevy trucks and Dodge trucks, and nice. the people that make the money around here are, you know, blue collar workers and farmers and stuff like that. And they don't care like here, fix my six L 80. It doesn't matter. Um, but then you have the, you know, the rust buckets and the trailer parks and stuff like that. So you get, you get some of that. And then I go down to the cities and there's definitely more money, but then you, there's the, the sort of things that you're talking about too, um, where there's lower income areas. And I know a couple of the, so the Vietnamese shops that I go to, it's a whole family. I got connected with one shop owner and uh, there's probably about 10 shops and they're all related one way or another cousins or brothers or dad or whatever. And so I go to all of these shops and a couple of them are definitely in those areas where it's, uh, you know, a lower, lower income brackets and they're, they're racing to the bottom with their prices just like you were talking about, you know, undercutting everybody else, trying to do it as cheap as possible. We'll just slap some pads on there, that sort of stuff. And so I see that. Um, but yeah, it's um, that specialization thing you were talking about. I really do believe that's the way that everything's going to go eventually. Once these ADAS vehicles hit the aftermarket in a way where everything has it, I mean, it's getting close to that anyways, but I mean, once that stuff's 15 years old, um, and is out on the road on everything, and then there's other things on top of it, you know, there's so many, there's so many systems. You take a, a 2021 vehicle and all the, the technology and systems on something, it's going to be overwhelming for any one person or one shop to try to take it all on. I don't, I don't, I don't know how it's even going to be possible, um, you're going to have to have people that specialize in certain areas and that's that's just the way it's going to have to be eventually. I mean, it has to happen, man. There's just no way around it. It has to happen. And then, but there's a wild card here, man. And it's just, to me, the wild card is going to be now, will you, or will you not be even able to afford a car? Dude. Mm -hmm. Escalades have always been expensive for sure. I mean, but dude, you ever did you ever imagine a car was going to cost a hundred and twenty k? It's insane. It's, I, it's disgusting. I, it's a, for a GM like yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's a Cadillac, for, but it's a well, f- fucking GM like like what for what the for fuck any happened? Depreciating asset or you know it's it's I've seen some vehicle commercials and I'm. I, I've always, always been on the cheap side for my vehicles. Obviously, you know, I'm a mechanic. I can fix them, right? I'll buy that, that $2,000 Ford truck. But the, the, the people will pay close to a hundred grand for a vehicle. I'm like, what, what is happening here? But yeah, it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be the situation where the healthcare system is right now, where you almost have to have something like health insurance yeah or some sort of warranty in order to purchase a vehicle because you're not going to be able or like the average person is not going to be able to afford to repair their vehicle you can't i mean i know people who lease cars because they're there's they're such budgeters 
Like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I can't. It's not that I don't have the money. I just there are people that just budget. They just they like knowing that each month it's going to cost them three hundred dollars for transportation, and that's it. And yep. every every few years they just get another car, and they don't have to worry about anything else. And it makes sense, you know. But not everybody thinks that way, right? You know, like like me personally, man. Like I I feel that um I feel that once. Aside from, you know, specializing, people really need to start opening their eyes in these vehicles that they're purchasing, man. They're not easy to work on. Mm-hmm. And the the sooner they realize it, the sooner they're going to the sooner they're going to be better off. And especially and then, and if you look at the shift in, in in how manufacturing is. I mean, Toyota, Honda's, I mean, they're still great cars, but they're the shell of what they used to be, man. Right. I mean, shit just just look at how many recalls there are now like mm-hmm. it's, it's it's pretty sad man and it's cars are just literally becoming disposable man five yeah. six years like look at perfect example a chevy malibu 2.5 how many of those have you diagnosed yet with, with bad uh pcv valves with the, have you have you diagnosed any of those yet on the two fives i have, I have not run into that yet dude i quoted what a job Bro, that job was like twenty seven hundred bucks for a fucking valve cover on a fucking Malibu. Jeez. In five years, that thing's gonna be worth twenty five hundred bucks, man. Like, right. it's it's disgusting. It's seven and a half hours, bro, to do that valve cover it, on that. Yeah. It, no, is it a two five or the one five? I think it's a one five. I don't remember, dude. I, okay. I know there's a, there's a GM that. They're notorious for PCV valves. It's a newer, it's a newer one of their newer engine designs. Okay. And the valve cover is relatively inexpensive, but it, the uh, the uh, you have to remove the uh, the GDI injectors. It's seven. Uh, it calls for seven and a half hours. Wow, that's nuts. It, well, one of the ones that everybody probably knows about that really kind of drove it home for me that vehicles are just garbage is the three six and the GM. I mean, you could say Chrysler too, but the the timing chains and stuff in those GMs and they're so popular. They're in everything out there right now. And now all of a sudden everybody's got a, you know, $3,000, $4,000 bill to do chains and a water pump and all this stuff. Well, to be fair on the three, six, the GM three, six, it's going to sound pretty shitty. I don't think it's that bad of an engine, man. I think the issue is the GM and their extended oil changes, man. Oh yeah. Yep. Do yep. the math. The, the, the engine yeah. burns oil. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's engineered to, I mean, the engineering, for whatever the fuck reason, they decided they wanted to burn oil, they burn oil, right? Yeah. Whether it's a defect or just whatever, whatever, the, whatever for intents and purposes, right? But if you do the math, like, they burn oil about, I'd say, I think the manufacturer spec is like 1,200 miles per quart, mm-hmm. something like that. Before so do they'll the, do anything about it, yeah. Yeah, well, so do the math, right? Like, it's 1,200, 1200 miles a quart, 5,000 mile service interval. Mm-hmm. All right, so by the time you need an oil change, you already need like what four quart. You're four quarts low. <laughs> yep. How many oil yep. changes? How many people have been you know a month or two you know extended oil change? Uh huh. No, I, I I've always believed that about the oil change monitors, or even just the recommendations by manufacturers have been way too long. But GM was so bad about that. I think that killed a lot of the Ecotech engines too. But but I mean, you go back and you look at like. A GM three eight or three fifty oh, or something man. like that, and oh, yeah. they're just they're just bulletproof. And 
reasonable to work on too. Not that you can't work on a three, six, but again, like you didn't see a bunch of, you know, Pontiacs and Buicks sedans going in for $4,000 bills on a regular yeah. basis. No, man, right? it's a, <laughs> and I, and I think that's for all intents and purposes, man, I think that's the point, dude. Cause they don't make money off of parts, man. They make money selling cars and you figure you, you know, 80, they say, they say there's, there was a survey, right? And I think it was like a high ass number, man. Something like, like one out of every four Americans does not have $2,000 in their bank account right now. Yikes. That's 25% of the population, bro. That's disgusting. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Most of these people will be like, well, I'm going to take four grand. I'd rather just trade it in and put $4,000 towards a new car and, you know, buy another piece of shit. (laughs) 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 I had a lady who bought a, uh, she had a beautiful Explorer, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, 4.6 Explorer. The trans went out. Yeah. She had paid it off years ago. It was in great condition. And, you know, those transmissions, you know, are fairly not a, not not that expensive to rebuild. Like, I mean, even in the city or, or, or like, even the good rebuilders, let's say it's 3K. Mm-hmm. I go, that car was totally worth investing $3,000 into it. It was a good year. It was clean. She had just did new tires. What did she do? She went and she traded in for a fucking Acadia. Oh, no. <laughs> Not even an Acadia. It was a damn uh, a Traverse. It was a base model <laughs> Traverse, and she had an she had an Eddie Bauer Explorer. I'm just oh, like, man. why? She's like, I regretted it like the next day. Like, oh my god, <laughs> I should have just fixed it. But I just figured I put the three thousand dollars towards a new car. Yeah, I I had some friends, a couple friends of mine that bought an 09 Traverse years ago, and they I, I'm good friends with these people, and. I have no problem shooting somebody a text back. They're like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And I'll give them my opinion. And I would have been like, "No, stay, stay away. Don't, don't buy that." And they did. And of course, they, I think they put an engine and a transmission in it. And then they finally sold it. Um, actually, I got a Ford Escape in my driveway right now that I was looking at for uh, another good friend of mine. It's a, it's a thirteen, so it's got that one six turbo or one five turbo or whatever it is. Okay. And it, uh, the block cracks between the cylinders. Um, and so they still owe nine grand on it and it needs an engine and that sucks. That's a sucky spot to be in. Cause it doesn't, it, and the, the worst part is like, and then and here's, and this is how we get a bad reputation, right? Because you bring that car to me and it's getting a, either a remanufactured engine from, from a reputable company or I'm doing it by the book and, and the book like Ford says, do not repair this replace the block so -hmm. now you're doing block you're doing the timing belt blah 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 you're in you're in this you're in this junk five or six k right to do this job properly so then oh she goes to you know joe schmo's auto repair oh that's just a head gasket let's put a head gasket in it charges are 1500 bucks 1800 bucks for a freaking head gasket and three months later you know it's puking cooling on the side of the road and now she's Mm -hmm. mad because buddy you know got her for 1500 bucks and didn't do anything but yet I was the ripoff because I was I, char- I was charging her six k and he he charged her fifteen hundred bucks. So now she's just plain mad when she should be mad at buying that piece of shit to begin with. Like I didn't build <laughs> this thing, I didn't manufacture this hunk of junk. Like why are you mad right. at me? Yeah, I didn't tell you to buy this junk. So that's kind of like my other my other situation. I don't bandaid anything. Like when it comes to the Acadias, man, I. I I rarely do any chains because it's a, it's to me, it's a chain reaction. I'm not going to charge you three grand, four grand for some chains. And yet 
I pull your oil pan and the sender's full of crap. Nah, you need an engine. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I that's why I tell my customers like, you're gonna authorize me to tear it down. You're gonna authorize me to pull the oil pan, and I'm gonna look at the sender. I, that's that's all. I, that's all I do that all the time. You know how many mm-hmm. shops I go to? Oh, we did the chains, and you know now it's misfiring on our own bank. Well, well, you know now, you know you have a broken actuator. Pull the mm-hmm. actuator off the camshaft. Bad. Like I mean, dude, it's like. I don't, I don't do none of that. Like it's either I'm not marrying, I'm not marrying a car. It's just nope. I'd rather just walk away from it. Yep. No, that's 100 percent accurate. And uh, yeah, plenty of shops that don't <laughs> that, that don't go that way. It's let's, uh, how can we pad slap this thing, and get it back out on the road, and make a couple bucks? Like exactly, and like, it's just like I don't know. Did you ever wrench on those old 3.7 or 4.7 uh, Chrysler engines, like the Liberties? Yeah. Yeah, and, the uh, ones where the, the rockers would pop off. Dude, I've I had I lost a friend one time because his mom it dropped a valve seat on his mom's. And why do they drop valve seats? Because they got overheated. I mean, that's the only reason why those engines used to drop valve seats. Um, he's like, man, I I just need to sell it so I can get rid of it and blah 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 blah. blah. You know the, the 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 regular spiel. But he's a friend of mine. So I'm like, all right, man, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get, a, I'm gonna. This is like I said, this is my homie. I go, all right, I'm gonna find a used head. I'll get it. I'll get it shaved, head gasket. But dude, you need to sell this thing. Three months later, he still had it, and guess what? I go on the opposite bank, camshaft broke. Oh no! <laughs> he goes like, hey man, it's doing the same thing again. I'm like, all right, why didn't you sell it? Because I told him, I specifically told him, dude, I'm doing this Band-Aid because you're my friend. And I go, I go, I have absolutely no warranty. I didn't mm-hmm. even charge him that much. It was because I just didn't, I really didn't want to do it. But like I said, it was, I'm trying to help him out. Well, anyway, mm-hmm. you know how that goes, man. Now he's, yep. he tows it back to me. Camshaft broke on the opposite bank. I'm like, all right, bro, you need an engine. He's like, but well, you just did all that work to it. I said, yeah, and I told you, <laughs> you need an engine from the beginning, and you say you're going to sell it. Yeah, but I didn't think it was going to be that sh- <laughs> that fast. I goes, I told you this immediately sell it. like, what part of that didn't you understand? He's like, well, you need to do something. I said, I don't got to do anything, dude. I go, I'm not fit. I mean, dude, you need an engine. Yep. I go, you want to drop an engine in it? I'll drop an engine in it. Well, how much is that going to cost me? I don't know, about five or six k. And yeah, bro, like he was adamant that I had to fix it, and I was like, no, and never talk to me again. And I yeah. said, you know what? That's what I get. Yeah, no uh, good deed goes unpunished. I think they say. So after that, <laughs> I don't care if it's my mom, dude. I'm like, if it, if it gets, if I touch it, it's going to get fixed the right way. And I've always been the grim reaper in my. They, <laughs> I've always been the grim reaper in my neighborhood, dude. Especially when it comes to like rotted, <laughs> rotted brake lines or, or any like, you know, Mickey Mouse jobs. Nah, man, you you need an engine. Uh-huh. You know how many Ford F-150s I condemned to death, <laughs> and yet they get, they take it to another shop and then. I had one guy bring it to me, pay me to diagnose it, and um, I just do the oil pressure test, man, on uh, uh-huh. the, the three-valve, five-fours. First yep. thing I do, I don't care yep. what, what the codes are or whatever. If it doesn't pass my oil pressure test, dude, it needs an engine, mm-hmm. and they never do. And he's just like, oh, there's anything you do? No, man, it needs an engine, bro. Oh, but I read it online. You can lock the – nope, needs an engine. I'm not doing it. <laughs> needs an engine. I mean, what do you want me to tell you, dude? Yeah. And he took it to a, to a machine shop buddy that i know 
he put chains in it and actuators or whatever and bro <laughs> they fought this car for a month dude <laughs> they paid me to go out there and I go bro you need an engine oh but I just didn't do it it needs an engine dude it has oiling issues man yeah it has oiling issues you know what actually ended up like the guy towed it back to my shop and had me like look at it because he swore up and down that the engine was good that they checked it that it had to be electrical Okay. I go, dude, you need an engine, man. I'm saving you my my diag for you need an engine. Oh, he swore. Um, he said he just fixed it and he rebuilt it and blah blah blah. Bro, I pull a, I, I relative compression, man. I have a couple of dead cylinders. I said, pull up. I just pulled a valve cover just to pull it, dude. That broken camshaft, it's sheared. <laughs> yep. It's sheared. I'm like, I send them pictures. I'm like, there's your reman engine, dude. Get this thing out of my shop, man. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh that that's my problem like there's just too many of us that don't know any better to, that actually trying to help these customers which yeah yeah it's it's done in good faith a lot of the times or there's good intentions to it by a lot of people myself included uh, I, i've done the same thing um but it almost always <laughs> not every single time but almost always ends up biting you or the always person do. that owns a vehicle at some always. point or another yeah i i i, I just flat out refuse to shortcut anything or, or do anything like that just just so i don't have to have have those experiences and conversations that i, I really hate yeah i i think it for me it was just uh, i had that famine mindset when i was that's a great way of putting it <laughs> yeah when i was first starting out and i had no money you know i'm just a kid and i'm trying to do the same thing to my stuff is just band-aid it and then when i could do that for somebody else and save them money I felt good about it. And I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm helping them, you know, in the same way that I'm trying to help myself, but you have to switch, you get, you got to switch your mindset. Um, especially if you want to be successful, like you were talking about going back to what you were saying and, you know, charging correctly. And that just makes you better in the long run. You know, you're going to be more successful, like your transmission guy and move to a better shop. If you start charging appropriately and have a different mindset about it. So I, that's really good advice for anybody that's listening to this. Yeah. I mean, taking what, you know, shop owners out there, man, I think it's a great, uh, it's a great, uh, uh, way of also showing your technicians that there's, there's more, there's, you know, more of us out there that, that actually care because you know if you're there you care i don't care what anybody says if you go to vision Mm -hmm. either somebody either you or somebody cared either your boss cared you cared um whether you went on your own dime or not but it's it's a it's a great event like i said you know i have a couple of of issues with some of the labeling in classes but you know i'm hoping that uh as the years progress and you know we get more vocal about about stuff like that, things can change for the better, man. Because it's it's all we got, man. It's just a yep. whole debate with ASCs, man. Like I I I have my quarrels with them, man. But we have them. Let's let's cherish and, and enforce what we do have, and and take pride, some pride in in what we have. For sure, man. Well, cool. We just uh, did an hour and a half. <laughs> oh, really? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna be tired I, uh... of hearing us anyway. No, I <laughs> or hearing me. <laughs> no, honestly, some of that stuff I need to hear too. Uh, just on on the business side of things, uh, it's good for me to get get that reinforced. Honestly, uh, I I should go raise my prices. <laughs> I mean, dude, I, I it's just what I said. I says our our 
our actually our commodity we all have businesses about commodities right so mm-hmm. we don't have a commodity right but we do our commodity is our time you don't have time i can go buy avocados again i can't buy time again so i need to maximize my eight hours mm-hmm. and if it's and especially for diag dude like like I got tired of doing mobile diag because I was always in like, I'm in this dump ass shop and the doors don't open and I'm fat as shit trying to get them to move this car. I had one, I had one shop, couldn't find the car. Cause we're in the <laughs> we're in the city and I guess the, the owner parked it somewhere. I show up, he wasn't there. I, I tell him, Hey man, I, I called you guys half an hour ago to get this car ready. Cause I, they had that habit of doing it. And I spent another half an hour waiting there for the car. I just, I just dipped. I took off. And yep. the shop owner calls me. He's like, hey, what happened? I said, your employees didn't tell you. I showed up. I was there for half an hour. They couldn't find the fucking car. <laughs> oh, my God. Blah, blah, blah. And, and then it, it was a, a little pattern until I finally said, listen, man. I go, we're going to do this. I go, if you're not at the shop, I'm not showing up. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's fucking sad, man. Like, yeah. you, you have so many cars that you have to park them on the street. Like, with me, at least with me, I, I don't keep that many cars, but I don't have parking. But he had a... You know, he fit like at least twelve cars in his lot, and some of them look—they've been there for years. And you're parking shit on the street, like, like, come on, man, like, like, you know, time. Like, like I said, that's sure. that's my pet peeve: time. Like, how do I make as much money as possible during this time frame? And programming is is the best use of our time. It's just not fun. It's not fun mm-hmm. for me. I don't know about you. I like chasing the rabbit. Exactly. Yeah. It, well, if everything goes smoothly and there's no issues, it's not, it's, it, I mean, it's good that there's no issues, but it's not fun. It's after you've done a hundred GM programming. Yeah. It's, it's like, like okay, uh, uh-huh. yeah, press the button. It's just, it's, it's fun to, it's fun because I'm in and out and you know, I make 150 bucks, you know, for, mm-hmm. for pushing some buttons easy, mm-hmm. it's easy money, but it's not yep. fun. But then if I, if I if I control the environment in which I'm in and I'm and I have all my tools and everything and everything's at my shop organized and I know where I can fit you or where am I going to do this job, it's 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 I'm in control of my diagnostic and and that's been a, a game changer for me and and people yeah. still send me cars I'm like he's like oh you got to and and I and I've never told anybody I'm not going to you I tell mm-hmm. them listen man I go if you want this quickly send it over mm-hmm. if you got time I can be there next week. Oh, mm-hmm. next week, dude! I'm so busy, man. Yep. They don't know I'm lying to them, so it's up to them. I leave it into their hands. They want to say it or they don't. Yeah, it sounds uh, sounds like the way to do it. I don't have a shop though, so I'll just keep going to the shitty ass shops that <laughs> have no room, and I'm tripping over transmissions. What are you talking? What are you? What are you? What are you charging for Diag, man? Um. So right now I'm at 120 for the first hour, and then I go. After that, I'll you know talk to him and see where we're at. Yeah, I'm at I'm at two I'm at two fifty, bro. Really? Yeah. Wow. Two fifty. I gotta go. So I gotta hour go up. Some change. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm telling you, man, they're they're you you'll lose some. You you're gonna lose some. I mean, I I guarantee mm-hmm. you that. A couple weeks go by, they'll they'll be back. Okay. They just have to change your tactics, but yeah, man, I I, I would at least do. I mean, it's up to you, bro. I I wouldn't do. 180 200 bucks dude okay what are you gonna get out of that an answer right especially like what like for example me man like i'm I'm lazy as shit like i see all these guys that do like the in cylinder and yeah man exhaust valve number two 
on the intake stroke is late, so it has to be this cam is worn down. Hey, man, you need to tear it down. Mm-hmm. You want me to tell you exactly what it is, or you want to tear it down and find out yourself, or you want to sell them an engine? I don't give a shit. It's not electrical. Okay, yeah, we'll sell them an engine. All right, cool, get my money, I'm out. So it's it's kind of like those procedures and stuff like that. Like, I try not to get too attached, and I just I try to, like, maximize my, my time. And, and again, like... By by you charging at least like two hundred bucks, it's gonna it'll help you to you'll feel better too. Cause I know this this happens to me. It happens to you. You don't you feel like man, bro? I should be charging more for this shit. This is too. This is way too much. Mm-hmm. And then then you're like you start rushing. Like you start like man, man, how the fuck? And then you almost shotgun apart. Sure. You don't have to admit it, but I know I've known you've done it. No. I've done it. I've done yeah. it. I'll oh, say no. it. I, yeah, sometimes that. I'm just like, man, fuck, I spent too much time on this shit. You know what? It's this, and if it doesn't yep. work, then I'll, I'll spend a couple hours on it for free next time. Why? Mm-hmm. Fuck that. 200 bucks, 250 bucks. I'll guarantee you an hour and a half of my time, and I guarantee you an answer. If I can't give both of these, then you know what, bro? I'll, I'll walk away. You you know damn well. You're not. You're very, you're a very intelligent diagnostician, man. You know in the first half an hour, you're going to get your fucking ass kicked. Mm-hmm. that's been another key of mine too. half an hour I go if I know it's going to get bad I need it at the shop you don't owe me anything I'd rather spend that half an hour and lose it than lose my ass for the next two hours and not make shit because I don't feel comfortable enough charging somebody if I don't have an answer or a direction yep yep so that's that's been really really good for me oh, I appreciate the advice for sure I mean honestly it's uh that's something I got to do. And, uh, that might help out my, <laughs> cause I, I've just had too much going on to trying to do the teaching and the mobile at the same time. And the mobile just keeps ramping up. So maybe charging more might even that out for me. Well, and you'll make the same. I promise yeah, you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then it's going to get busy again because they, I'm telling you, man, it's a little roller coaster. They say, if that, that's not, that's too much. They're going to say no. And then you know, they got sitting three, four, five, six cars they can't fix. They're like, damn it, now we got to call Sean out. Yeah. All right, fine. Now now we know it's 200 bucks, And, and it, it helps them, too, because then if, if somebody doesn't want to spend $200 on some Diag, man, they don't want to fix their piece of shit. So then why why am I, as a shop owner, even bothering with this? You see? Right. It, it helps everybody, man. It helps mm-hmm. them with their workload. It helps you with your workload. And you're still going to make the same amount of money. Yep. Maybe even more because now you're not stuck doing a stupid ass diet and you're gonna go do two programmings. Because mm-hmm. remember, you only have eight hours. You don't. You don't right. have a shop where you can be like, uh, "Hey man, you know what, man? This part didn't show up, man. Sorry, man. It'll be. It'll be tomorrow." Or, "Hey man, my tool broke or some uh-huh. bullshit." You know, uh-huh. you only have eight hours. So what you yep. do in those eight hours is what's gonna make you profitable. It's not. <clears throat> it's not um, what you can sell. It's what you can do. Mm-hmm. And one of my problems was I was driving to these damn shops in fucking Chicago traffic. Mm. So now I minimize that, and I've been able to do more at the shop because when I have a little bit of downtime, then I do my module stuff. Okay. Or I do some practicing, or I do some training. So I'm, I'm always on the move, and it's been gotcha. It's been fucking great. I'm gonna put some t- thought to that. So I appreciate the advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or anybody else out there, you know. Okay, one more big thank you to Tommy for joining me today on the show. Again, really appreciated that conversation, and it seriously got me thinking about valuing my own work and just taking a look at to see 
am I charging correctly for what I'm bringing to the table? Uh, So hopefully did the same thing for you. Maybe you're already there. That's awesome. But it's a great message for everybody in this industry that's doing the work to make sure that we're being compensated correctly. So with that all out of the way, thank you for listening, but let's get out there and start fixing the world one car at a time. Thank you.